Today I want to talk to you. Whoa, is that hot? Okay. I want to talk to you about honor. I believe today God wants to redeem his honor in your heart. My heart. In our hearts. Amen? Amen. Open your Bible to John chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. And then we're going to look at another scripture, Numbers 25, 13. John chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. You there? It says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Numbers 25, 13. It says, he and his descendants will have a covenant of a lasting priesthood because he was zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. So, Father, we pray that your presence would manifest among us, that we would honor you, we would honor your presence, that we would honor your heart in our lives. Speak, Lord, and redeem your honor that is rightfully yours among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So honor. What is honor? When you honor somebody, you give them high respect. You give them your glory. You give their fame, distinction, dignity, reputation, worthiness, hmm? honesty, integrity, uprightness. You know, we, especially as women, you know, we, we are attracted to men of honor. You know, men with honor, they walk with dignity in their hearts. They walk in royal way. You know, men of dishonor, they lie, they cheat. They don't know how to treat women, right? We like men of honor, right? You know, uh, we heard... And we knew this preacher, and he was our professor back in college. When he was young, he was in seminary, and his professor came to him and asked, you know, somebody, uh, some church invited me to preach, but I'm busy. Can you go on my behalf? And this young preacher was like, yeah, yes. But as all seminarians, he had no money, you know, he fasted a lot, not because he was called to, but just because he just didn't have enough. And so he barely had enough gas, and he was driving his songcha. What is that in English? Hoopty, right? So he, you know how when you drive one of those cars, you know, you're praying the whole time, in Jesus' name, Lord, I believe in you. You get there. And once he got there, he preached his heart out. I mean, sweats and all, you know? I mean, saliva flying and all. He preached his heart out. No, I'm not talking about him. <laughs> he preached his heart out. And at the end of the service, he, you know, the elders led him to the door and he shook everyone's hand. And the last person he shook, he turned around, nobody was there. He's not from that area. He doesn't have any money. He preached his heart out. He's hungry. Nobody. That church didn't know honor. 
So what he did, he had to come back to that church to preach that night. So he knew a friend around that area, and he drove to his friend, knocking on the door, but nobody's home. So he jumps the fence, goes in the backyard, and he sits on the floor eating plums. Men of God, a servant of God, after preaching the word of God, nobody was there to honor this man with some food. So he's picking plums off the tree eating. And until once he got kind of full, he went back. And you know, humble man of God, didn't judge them. And he's thinking, they'll probably feed me afterwards, you know. <laughs> he preaches his heart out again. And then he shakes his hand. And the last person he shakes his hand, he turns around. Nobody. No honorarium. Not a cup of coffee. And so he was hoping for some honorarium to put gas in his car. But he had to pray and ask God to take him back home through his supernatural power. And our God is a good God. And so he got home in an empty tank. And so the next day his professor asked, oh, did they take care of you? How, how did it go? Oh, good. Well, did they take care of you? Um, and he told the professor what had happened. And he got so mad that he called the elders of that church and said, you will never, never call me for another preacher. How dare you dishonor a man, a man of God that I sent. But in so many times, you know, we hear that sort of like, what? How could they do that? But how many of you thought of feeding a guest speaker? You thought, oh, he's probably taken care of. And you know what? At that church day, every single person probably thought that. <laughs> Why? I'm not, God, I'm not here to condemn. But what I'm saying is, let's wake up. Are you walking with the spirit of honor in your heart? Do you think for a moment, I'm going to honor the men of God, the servant of God. When we have a guest speaker here, and we, we're taking you know, honorariums, the love offerings. Do you just give, oh, okay, another offering, a dollar bill, whatever I could find, here it go. Or do you really honor that servant that preached the word of God to you? Whether it's a dollar, ten dollars, hundred dollars, do you honor? Does it come out of heart of honor? God wants to redeem his honor among us. He is not going to stand back. Whoa, stand back and let me fall in front of all you all because he honors me, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, Korean culture, yeah, we have some issues. Yeah, Sal, we have some issues. We admit that. But you know what we have? We have honor. We honor our elders. We honor our grandparents. We honor the preachers. I think that's why we're a small country. If you look at the map, we're very small. Half of California. But do you know we send out more missionaries than the United States of America? We're a small country. But you know what? Even though we're messed up, we're blessed because we know how to honor. Amen? Amen? Honor. You know, there are
there are things that you and I do not because when we're not focused on the the spirit of honor like we don't even know how many times we dishonor the very God that we worship if Benjamin and I visited your house you would clean your house usually you won't pastor's coming you would just dump everything in your closet right at least make it look as nice right you cook a meal for us and when we when we come in would you even though your husband or your wife or child might have done something that they shouldn't have would you yell at that person in front of us I told you get get in the would you do that why why not because you honor our presence but God is everywhere we serve an omnipresent God but then behind closed doors you do the things that dishonor God for a moment of release for a moment of enjoyment you we choose to dishonor displease God's heart God is calling you and I in this season to steward his honor he's given us a portion of his honor and he wants us to steward them we need a culture of honor here among us I want all of us to to be intentional about stewarding the honor hmm? the spirit of honor must be a primary characteristic of who we are at church at home at work at school wherever we go you know whoever is going to marry Alethea that man better be a man of honor they be, he better know how to treat my daughter you know from little things to opening the door of the car to the door to you walk by the street and you make sure my daughter is inside you know what I mean honor when you embrace honor everything that you do even the thoughts when you think thoughts and you are you are you are intentional about honoring God you stop does this thought pattern honor God and you stop if it doesn't but then we're so used to dishonoring God we just go on and on and on and on and on even in our thought pattern you know, back in 2010, God called Benjamin and I to the year of honor. He said, he called us to honor our pastor, honor our parents, honor our elders, honor the servants of God. And so whatever we did, in whatever decision we made, the first question we asked is, how do we honor God? How do we honor my pastor in this decision? Even if the, the, the situation has nothing to do with my pastor or with our parents, we would ask God, do, how can we honor our pastor? How can we honor our parents? And you know what we learned? What we learned was that without embracing the sonship, we cannot honor the father. Hear me. John 14, 6 says that no one can come to the Father except through me, Jesus says. The Son, the one and only Son of God, Jesus is declaring that He is the only way. In Him we receive the spirit of adoption where we become sons and daughters of Heavenly Father. 
And the scripture that we read today in John chapter 15, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in your heart, then you ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father will be glorified that you bear much fruit. You see, you want to embrace the spirit of honor. You want to honor the father's heart. You must embrace sonship. You must abide in the son and let the words of the son abide in your heart. You know what abiding means? It's moving in. It's living inside. It's remaining in. Continually staying in. Not going in and out. In when I feel spiritual. Out when I feel right? Remaining in the Son and His words remaining in your heart, then you are embracing sonship. And when you embrace sonship, it's not about you. It's not, it's not about what you could get. It's not about making a name of yourself. It's about your father's business. Hmm? You know what I realized? I don't care how powerful you are. If you get out of the spirit of sonship, you no longer could glorify God. You have to remain in the Son in order for you to be able to honor God in all that you do. So, what is a characteristic of the sonship? Okay? Number one, Jesus says in Luke 2, 49, I must be about my father's business. Sons go after the father's heart. Sons honor the father's heart it's not no it's no longer about do's and don'ts what what is allowed for me to do what is not allowed me to do can i do this can i do that it's not about that it's not about how can i build my ministry it's not about how can i become successful it's not about you it becomes about your father's business hmm? Samuel, 1 Samuel 13, 14, it says that the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. Do you know, even to this day, God is seeking after men and women, son and daughter, who would seek after his own heart, who would be about his father's business. We say we love God. We say we want to serve God, but many times we want to build our own name. We live for our own honor. We want to be powerful. It is about how can I fast and what can I do so that whatever I pray, it's done. It's not about, Lord, send me lots of money and I will serve you. It's not about, Lord, build my It's not about even ministry. It's about Father's heart. So the difference between King Saul and David. You know, King Saul knew God. King Saul worshipped God. It's not like King Saul wasn't a believer and King David was a believer. King Saul and King David, they both knew God. They both were called by God. You know the difference was? Saul was living for his honor. So even when he made a mistake, he begged. He begged Elijah, come with me. So they would know he was afraid of being dishonored himself. When King David, he had issues. He did. He had issues. But you know what? In his heart, though, his heart was after God's heart. Do you know, if you truly embrace the spirit of sonship, God's heart, your father's heart, restrains your heart. Sons are restrained by the heart 
of the Father. When, they, when they're about to take another step and they know that's outside of the, the, the desire of their father, even if they so want to go there, their, their, their actions, their hearts are restrained and they can't go outside of that boundary. That's a true son. Sons trust the father. Mark chapter 14, 36, it says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Even facing death, facing the cross, Jesus didn't want to experience that. And he said, all things are possible. Maybe there's some way for you to provide hmm? salvation. Maybe some other way, God. Father, if there's a way, all things are possible. Take this cup away from me, but not my will, but your will, Father's business trusted in God's decision. Jesus trusted in the Father's decision. You understand? John 5, 19, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does it like manner. We talked about Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was a son who trusted his father. That when his father held a dagger over his head, Isaac trusted in the father's heart. That's why he didn't fight it. That's why he didn't. If any one of us were like, oh, in Jesus' name, we'd be running away. But he trusted. He trusted. Hmm? We haven't fully embraced the spirit of sonship when we are more focused on what we can get out of our relationship our relationship with the Father, our relationship with the church, our relationship with one another. What can I get out of this? And, we like, you know, we like to bargain. What can I least give you and get most out of you? We have that spirituality. Even in our service, we th- what can I, what is barely required of me, and I'll just do that. We haven't fully embraced sonship. Even disillusionment in serving the house of God. So many sons and daughters in the hearts, we love God, but we get disillusioned because in our timeline and in our, in our thoughts, we know what we are called. I'm called to be a church planter, but why are you still making me serve? Why aren't you sending me out? I'm called to be a missionary. Why am I still here? Why aren't you, why aren't you raising funds and sending me? I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called to be this. I'm called to be that. But I feel stuck here. And so you serve, you don't want to serve, you serve for a while, but you get disillusioned and you step out, out of sonship, and you try to build your own, on your own, apart from the house of God. Hmm? You haven't fully embraced sonship. Everybody, God always gives us an earthly access to heavenly reality. Everybody say, earthly access. Say heavenly reality. God always gives us earthly relationships that will teach us and take us deeper into our relationship with God the Father. 1 John chapter 420. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have seen not seen. 
I'm like this with God, but, you know, I don't have to be your best friend, so I don't like you. You're a liar. You're a liar. Well, I only have, the Bible says there's only one father. So God's my father. Nobody's going to be my father. So I don't have to submit to anybody. I'm submitted to God. Hello? You're a liar. If you cannot even submit to an earthly pastor or your father here, you think you could submit to God that you don't see? You're a liar. I'm not making this up. That's what the Bible says. I'm not here to control you, you understand. Hmm? If you want to go deeper in your, in your sonship to God, you must go deeper into your sonship on earth. Honoring my father's heart. Stewarding my father's honor. Man, that's God's heart. Will you steward my honor? So many just throw his honor here and there and step on it. And why, do we feel, why do we feel okay? And why do we join them? Stewarding God's honor. This is what God wants us to do. You ready? He wants us to move from being effective focused to Father's heart focused. You know, in this day and age where we want what's effective, what, what can make me powerful, I want to, I wanna, you know, raise the dead, and I, I want to be powerful, I want to be effective. What can I do to receive all God's blessings? Hmm? God wants us to shift from effective focus to Father's heart focus. When your desire brings honor to God, then you're abiding in Christ the Son. So ask yourself this. If and when your heart's desire is fulfilled, does it glorify God? Or does it make you feel good? And who says it's glorifying God? Do you have somebody in your life that could help, that could agree with you? Yeah, that's glorifying God. Or is it just your own thoughts? Or are you too blind by your desire for power? What is your focus? What you can get out of it? Who you can become? To be powerful? To do powerful works? Or is your focus really God's honor? A lot of times we want to move forward. God's saying, wait. But we don't wait because our heart is way over there and we can't wait. And you know what? I don't care if you raise 100 people from the dead. If God says wait, you wait. It's about him and his heart and not you. Father's honor. Father's honor. That's what you and I must seek after. Father's honor. Hmm? John 14, 12 says that we will do greater works than Jesus when we believe in the Son and remain in the Son. So it's not like God doesn't want you to become great. It's not like Benjamin and I doesn't want you to become, you know, we're not that selfish thinking, you better be less than great than us. You know, we have to be the most powerful because we're the power. We don't have that. We don't have that heart. You, in reality, the more successful and powerful you become, more honor we receive as your pastor. We want that. We really do. In, even in the, you know what? If Alethea becomes, or I don't, okay, let's say I have three children. If Alethea became a, a powerful, 
you know, servant of God and a pastor and another child became a doctor and a lawyer. When my kids succeed and become successful, the parents, their honor goes up. Same thing in the kingdom of God. Same thing in the house of God. The more you bear fruit, the more successful you become, the more honor we receive. Then you may, you may ask, but I don't understand. Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you working hard to release me in my destiny? You know, and you told me yourself that, that God called me to plant a church. But why am I still, I don't know, vacuuming the floor here? Why? Is it because we want to keep you here? No. The only reason is because we haven't heard God say anything yet. We only do what we hear God, the Father, say and do. Amen. We're more eager. You understand? We are more eager to hear and join God in your destinies. That's your, our destinies are in your destinies. You hear me. We are for you. Hmm? Amen. You know, one thing that I used to struggle with is it was really hard for me to, like, honor my mom. Because growing up as a teenager also, like, I felt like, man, this woman is selfish. <laughs> you know, like, Korean, like, real Korean, like, mothers, like, get up early and cook breakfast for you before you go to school. And, you know, and they do a lot of the sacrificial things. And my mom wasn't those typical Korean mothers. <laughs> and so, you know, she made a lot of, uh, wrong choices in her life and man especially when I decided to go into ministry oh she hated it she felt betrayed by me we fought so much and I was like mom you call yourself a Christian and a deacon you clap your hands when other elders child they want to go to seminary you're like oh but your own child wants to serve God and you're mad and I would fight her back Every time I go in the beginning, every time I went on a mission trip, she gets mad and she feels like, you know, everything she did for us in vain and, and, I, and I, that would drive me crazy and I, and I was, I wasn't a quiet child. I said what I wanted to say. <laughs> and you know, we fought a lot. My, my, my mom and I fought a lot. But one day, God really corrected me. God really corrected me. And you know what? I said, God, but how do I honor my mom at the same time honor you when her desire is different yeah. from your desire? How do I do that? And I, get, I used to get so hurt and mad that my mom, who's a Christian, wouldn't help me, wouldn't be a support, but actually become an obstacle. But you know, when God really changed my heart and he said, you pursue honor, and he taught me, when I pursue to honor my mother's heart, I am actually honoring my Heavenly Father's heart. And so from then on, I decided that her nagging is her way of love. It was, it's a discipline. It didn't like, like all of a sudden, spirit came over me and all of a sudden, it seemed so loving. It did not happen like that. It was still a nagging, but it was an intentional choice from my heart. Oh, mom. Nag, nag, nag. Wow. 
You love me, huh? She's, she's waiting for me to fight her back. And she hears, huh? You love me, huh? Mom, like I know, that's your way of loving me because you're worried for your baby girl. And in any way I can, I try to honor her heart. And you know what? Now she supports me. She's now she wants to go to Indonesia with me. She wants to go make food for the orphan. Mm. Honoring the heart. Hmm? Numbers 25:13 it says he and his descendants will have a covenant of a lasting priesthood because he was zealous. Everybody say zealous. For the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. What are you zealous for? Your own honor? To have a powerful ministry? Or to have million dollars in your bank? Hmm? What is your honor? Honor makes you fruitful. Sometimes when you choose the path of honor, it seems like you're walking backwards because you're not fighting for your own destiny. You're there to serve. You're moving backwards. Don't worry, I'm not going to fall. <laughs> But as you take the path of honor, and it may seem like you're going backwards, guess what? God sees your heart of honor, and he makes a decree over your life. You will have a lasting priesthood. Hmm? You know, in Shunammite woman, Elisha goes and preaches and prophesies. And this Shunammite woman, look at 2 Kings chapter 4, 8 through 10. It says... Elisha went to Shunem, and well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. You, you understand? This is like Korean honor. Please eat. Did you eat? Eat more. This woman knew how to honor the servants of God by providing food. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. It wasn't just once. Whenever he came into that city, guess what? He just automatically went to her house and she had meal. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. You see, she's honoring him because he's a man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. How much effort do you put in in honoring others? We're so busy about what we can get. We don't stop to put our efforts in honoring the servants of God, in honoring other brothers and sisters. And you know what? That her life of honor demanded fruitfulness. Amen. The Elisha comes, man, you're always taking care of me. What can I do for you? And you know what? She was not about what she could, because sometimes we do things to get something out. Like if I pray this much, if I do this, maybe God will see me and bless me. It wasn't her heart. When Elisha asked, what can I do? She said, nothing. I have a home among my people. I have nothing. Don't worry about it. But her life of honor demanded. And so therefore, a year later, she had a son. Amen. You hear me? Honor. Honor is connected to intimacy. Everybody say intimacy. You cannot honor God without being intimate with Him. What God wants is heart-to-heart -heart connection. Everybody say heart-to-heart -heart connection. Heart -to -heart. 
You see, God is not standing before you. Why are you so ineffective? Why aren't you praying for the sick? Why aren't you preaching the gospel? Why aren't you planting more churches? Why aren't you doing this? He's not seeking after that. You know what he's seeking after? He's seeking after your heart. Amen. I love you. Amen. Can you be connected to my heart? Do you know how much I love you? He wants heart-to-heart connection. Hmm? Honor, life of honor is, steward, is stewarding appreciation, thanksgiving. Psalm 50, 23 says, those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. Amen. When you live a life of honor, you can't help but be thanksgiving. And you know what? The heart of thanksgiving honors the one that is receiving the thanksgiving. Thank you, God, so much for my beautiful husband. Thank you, God, so much for my beautiful children. Thank you, God, so much for this beautiful church. Thank you, God, so much for my brother who prays. Thank you, God, so much. When you, when your heart, when you are stewarding appreciation, thanksgiving, you honor God. Hmm? You know, recently I drove my mom to the airport last week, driving. I said, Mom, when Dad dies, you should move to the Bay Area. See, my stepfather doesn't like California. He's allergic to a lot of things in California. So even if they want to, they can't. But my mom's not. And my mom's a lot younger than my father. And so I said, when father goes to God, you should, you know, move with us. And this is what my mom said and did. No, 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 no. So why not? Distance is healthy for us. Why? Because, you know, when I see you do things that I don't like, I'm going to nag, and then you're not going to like me. And then, like, you know, I don't want to be a, by then I'll be an old grandmother, and I don't want to be a burden. She said distance is good. And I thought, Mom, when I asked you to move in with us, didn't, can't you hear my heart? My heart that's wanting to connect with your heart. The daughter's heart that wants to be with her mother. Can't you just hear that and just, just at least dream with me? Wouldn't that be great, Sonny? That we could go get massages together because we both love massages. We could, we could go, you know, once a month. We could go. Couldn't you just dream with me and be excited about being intimate, being close together? Why just say, oh, distance is good. <laughs> And we do that with God. God, I love you. I will serve you, but distance, certain distance is healthy. Because, you know, last time I prayed for this, you didn't answer. And so I'm afraid to believe for another thing because I don't want to be disappointed by you. I don't want to fall into disillusionment again. So distance is good, God. Let's leave some distance. But what we don't understand is that when we remove intimacy and we allow distance to come, then instead of intimacy, you know what takes place? Obligation. Even in relationship, in loving relationship, you remove intimacy, obligation comes in. And you know what obligation breeds? Despise. The very person you want to honor, you end up despising. You know what? Because when you live out of obligation, you are stewarding, complaining. You mean I have to go hang out with you? You're always complainer. I hate it. Oh, but I'm obligated because I'm your pastor. 
So, oh God, please help me. For next two hours, when I go hang out with Vivian, give me strength. I don't wanna, uh, Would you feel loved? Your heart would be broken, wouldn't it? Because your heart was, I like Sunny, and, and your heart was like intimacy. I wanna talk, I wanna share my heart. And then from my heart was like, oh, not again, but I have to do it. Because I'm her pastor, because I'm her mom, or because I'm his dad, because I'm because I'm a Christian. Yeah. I better I better open my Bible. I better pray. I better go to church. Obligation. Obligation breaks God's heart. Obligation despises God. Obligation is hated by God. Hmm? Obligation dishonors the heart of a father. Heart-to-heart <laughs> -heart connection is what God desires. You know, I was telling them, Cersei, Sarah, like Benjamin and Charles, like these Robinson boys, they're going to live to like their hundred-something. They're going to live a long life. You know why? Because these boys honor their parents. Huh? They do. You know, when Benjamin was a teenager, he so wanted an earring. He wanted to pierce his ear. It looked so cool. All his friends did it. He wanted to do it. And he knew even if he did it, his mom will get over it after a while. It's not life or death. But you know what kept him from really getting his ears pierced? He didn't want to break his mom's heart. His heart was restrained by his mother's heart. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Isn't that cute? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I remember when I first married him, like, mom and dad are like, you know, one day off we have. Uh, Benjamin, come and clean the garage. Benjamin, can you mow the lawn? And then talking to Sarah, I realized they were doing that to Charles. And in the beginning, I was stored and complaining. I'm like, Mom, Dad, this man works like overtime. One day off, you want them, you want him to come and do the work? Don't, don't you love them? Don't you want them to rest? Oh my goodness! And then, like my heart was like dishonoring, but these sons' heart was like, what are you freaking out about? We like, we like doing this for our mom. Like this is my way of loving her and honoring her. This, this is my way of loving my dad. And I was like. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Honoring. Heart to heart. I'm reading this book called like heart, Raising Your Child Through Heart to Heart Connection. And in there, he's talking about, you know, don't be so focused on changing their, you know, outer actions. But you, you raise them by connecting to their heart. And they did that. And, you know, one day, uh, his, their son came to them and said they were all his life. He went to a private school and uh, before high school he said, Mom, Dad, I want to go to public school because I want to play football and our private Christian school, we don't have sports, so uh, can I please go? And like the, these parents who are Christians were like, oh, no! <laughs> you know, what kind of people are out there? They have sex and they lie. You want to go around? No, right? And they, they, they're just like, what, what, my, what makes you think? What makes you think that we're going to allow you to go to public school? 
why did you ask? What you know? Why? I mean, but his son's reply changed their hearts. He just looked into his parents' eyes and said, "You know why? Because I will not break your your heart, mom. Daddy, I will not break your heart. Even if I go to a public school surrounded by worldly people, I'm not going to do anything to break your heart." See. They knew how to connect to the heart of their son. You cannot help but to honor the heart of a father when you are connected to his heart. You are moved by his heart. Also, you are restrained by his heart. I want us to be sons and daughters of God, where whatever we do, we do it because God's heart moves us. That we wouldn't take another step unless we feel God's heart moving us. And that even when we were moving forward, when, our, or when God's heart restrains us, that we would restrain ourselves. And even though we don't understand that, that we would trust the heart of a father and not move. Some of you, I believe, today is the day for you to embrace the sonship in a deeper level. I know I'm a son. You don't understand. Deeper level, deeper level, deeper level, where your very own desire honors God. Your very fruitfulness brings glory to God. Deeper level of embracing sonship must happen today Amen. in your life. I want you to stand up, and I want you to pray with me. And some of you, God wants to remove obligation. Hey, listen, I got to say this. Some of you, you say, okay, God hates obligation, so he doesn't like it when I do anything out of obligation, so I'm not going to do anything. So, Pastor, um, I need to meet with you because I feel obligated to be in this ministry, and that doesn't please God, so uh, I need to step back. Uh, obligation uh, is not God's heart, so uh, I'm not going to do anything. But if you don't do anything, you don't bear fruit. If you don't bear fruit, you don't bring honor to God. You understand? See, when you have obligation in your heart, the answer is not step out. The answer is change of heart. The answer is, God, remove the distance and put in me the intimacy. See, God wants to remove some distances, some obligations out of your heart, the heavy burdens out of your heart, and replace it with intimacy with Him. You know, some of you, the best way to honor God's heart is to receive His love. Some of you, you've been rejecting you have been fully accepted, embraced the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Today, the best way to honor the Father's heart is to receive Jesus Christ, His one and only Son, and choosing to abide in the Son. Because only in Him can you cry out, Daddy, Daddy, your heavenly father mm. so this is what I want us to do in the presence of God if you are ready to embrace the deeper level of sonship I want you to come forward and Benjamin and I we're just going to release you and we're just going to establish you in that and some of you you said yeah pastor 
I, I know, I know God wants to remove some, some, some obligations, some, some, some stuff out of my heart. And I know God wants to remove distance so that I could enter into a deeper level of intimacy with Him. So that in my intimate love relationship with Him, that I would honor my Father. If that's you, I want you to come forward. Jesus. Mm. Come on, if I could have our elders and lay pastors to help Benjamin and I in establishing the sons and daughters in sonship. And if there's any one of you, any one of you, even if there's one that says, you know, Pastor, I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Or you may have, but you have walked away from Him and you have dishonored His love. But you're saying, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive God's love. I'm ready to receive God's love. I'm ready to receive the salvation that I can receive through accepting Christ Jesus into my heart. If that's you, will you raise your hand? Yes. Yes, I see. I see your hands. Anybody else? Anybody else that says, I want to receive God's love. I want to receive. I see that hand. I want to receive God's heart, God's love for me. Mm. Jesus, Jesus. Can I have our, our, some of our leaders to go surround these hands that are lifted? Pray with them. Father, we lift our hearts to you, God. Father, we lift our hearts to you, Lord. Father, we seek intimacy with you. Rest of you back there, I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to receive, receive intimacy from God. God wants to take you in a deeper level of intimacy with him also. Father, I establish, God, our son, your son, God, in a deeper level of sonship, Lord. Father, I remove every lie of the enemy, Lord, every lie of the devil, God, that says that he is, he hasn't embraced it, Father. I reject it, I cancel it in Jesus' name, and I declare you are a son of this house. You are a son of this house in Jesus' name. Father, I establish your son. I establish your son, God, in the spirit of sonship. I declare, God, his heart will honor you, Lord. His heart will honor you, God. 